You're listening to The Blank Page Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Patterson, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. This is a space where I get to talk to creatives, entrepreneurs, and storytellers about what it means to be on a creative path, how to deal with the high highs and the low lows, and how to stay well along the way. As a creative myself, I am no stranger to riding the roller coaster, discreetly crying on the subway slash not so discreetly crying in my car, getting in my head, focusing on results, and just not having a good time. So my hope for this show is to create a community where we can all come together, lift each other up, remind each other to have fun, and feel fortified in returning to that proverbial blank page again and again. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. Oh, man. Cheers to us. We made it through another week of a global pandemic. We made it, guys. I took last week off because, you know... Honestly, I love this to be a space of joy and creativity for me. And um, something that is being mirrored back to me so much right now is the importance and um, radical action of rest. And it's so important to a creative process that we take periods of time where we are not focusing on output um, we're relaxing and living our lives and focusing a little bit more on input. Um, and, you know, you need a healthy balance. But I have really been kind of just getting the lesson again and again during this time. Not that we need any lessons during a pandemic, but my lesson has certainly been the importance of intentional rest and holding space for that. So, you know, last week I just didn't feel like um, hustling to put out a podcast. So I straight up didn't. And I think that's just fine. And so uh, I just want to mirror back to you that if you have something, obviously deadlines are a completely different thing, but if you have something where you're sort of self-enforcing um, some rigor, you know, see if that's if that's helping you or not during this time. And um, know that breaks are breaks are good and they're part of the creative process and no one modeled that better than today's guest Jackie Lipson I was so excited to talk to Jackie this was my first interview um, where someone brought somebody to me so Jackie's attorney Danny reached out to me via social media and said, I have a client who I feel like would be a great fit for your podcast. Let me know if you're interested. And um, yeah, so I ended up getting to meet and speak with Jackie, who is an incredibly talented singer-songwriter. Honestly, I'm so grateful to have discovered her because her music is exactly the kind of music that I love to listen to. It's so uh, dreamy and poetic and poppy in the in the best possible way and it was such a joy to get to know her and to hear her story and hear about her process and yeah as I was saying I feel that she models honoring yourself and honoring your process and you know I asked her at one point about 
sort of how to create or advice for creatives during this pandemic. And I thought what she said was so um, stunning and apropos in a, in a way that I would really love to see society um, move towards. So yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. John and I are doing pretty well over here. Um, I definitely am finding a good routine for myself to stay well, but also, um, you know, not not structuring too hard as many people have. I've been on the sourdough journey. Guys, I know how to bake sourdough bread now. This is this is so rewarding. And I've gotten back into reading. I had a hard time reading at the beginning of this pandemic, to be honest. I just wasn't my mind was a little bit more fast paced in a way that I was processing was sort of um, I needed to like scroll Instagram a bunch. And um, now I feel that I've settled into a space where I'm reading so much and um, so many of my local LA girlfriends and I are doing book swaps which have been so nice and I whew, I read two books recently that have spoken to my soul in such a nice way and really I'm so grateful that I read them in tandem. I read When Women Were Birds by Terry Tempest Williams which Lindsay Pulsifer who you guys know uh, lent to me and that felt like church in so many ways and then I'm reading of course which so many others are uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed and the two of those together have felt so um, nourishing during this time for me so I recommend both of those and yeah it's a you know interesting time I hope that everyone's taking it a day at a time and um, finding the best possible tools to deal with fear and anxiety and all the other things as always I'm sending you guys so so much love please let me know if there is anything you'd like to see on this podcast that might make you feel a little better or that might um, lead to some good inspiration for you always here for you guys so in it with you and enjoy Jackie this is a super super special one and please check out her music you can get it pretty much wherever you listen to your music she's on Spotify um, I've linked where you can find her in show notes so please check her out her newest single air after rain just came out on May 7th and it's so delicious happy listening you guys and have a beautiful beautiful week Okay, this is so exciting. I am here via Zoom with Jackie Lipson. Hi. Hi, Jackie. This is so exciting because Jackie's reps, right? Is it your rep? I'm I'm sorry. You you're you're who's Danny to you? Your rep, right? Danny is my attorney. Actually. Yeah. Her attorney yeah. reached out to me and was like, I have this great, great act and you know, I wonder if you might want to interview her. And I was like, yes, that's so exciting to me. And doing my research on you and listening to your music, I'm so grateful to be introduced to a new artist. Your voice is so gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I just listened to Someday like for 20 minutes in a row, did a little <laughs> meditation to it. I love it. Yeah. You're like such a soulful singer and I'm really excited to see how everything unfolds for you and I'm excited to get into it more but I yeah. saw you have a musical theater background oh I do so I want to <laughs> I want to hear the full story but huge fan of your music and so grateful to be introduced to you in this way and so happy to be talking to you 
You too. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Tiny Jackie. What are some of your earliest memories of being a creative person? Was music in your family? And was it always something that you knew you wanted to do on a professional level? Yeah. I mean, I think at some, to some degree, I always knew that music was going to be my life. Um, I couldn't see any other possibility. Um, For a while I was, I mean, growing up, I was an actor as well. Uh Um, I started um, singing when I was very, very little. My my family is musical. Um, I had, my grandparents were in the opera, as was my aunt. Um, wow. you know, my brother went to school for music engineering and was a bass player and, you know, so music was just in my family and around me all the time. Um, and I started musical theater camp at my local Jewish community center when I was nine. JCC. So, yeah. JCC. Represent. <laughs> um, and so I, I was just talking to my friend about this yesterday. My first musical ever was Little Abner. And it was so fun. And I just like loved everything about being on stage and singing and musical theater music. And like, it was, that was history from there. I just, I was in the summer show every year until I was 16. And um, in between that time, I picked up guitar and I started writing my own music and it just kind of blossomed from there. That's amazing. Yeah. So then take me from sort of musical theater camp in your late teens to where you are now. It was, it was definitely a journey. Um, yeah. I, so I loved musical theater. I would ask my mom every summer because my birthday's in the summer to take me to New York and go see a Broadway show. So that was oh. like my tradition every year. And you're from Connecticut? I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. 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 And so we would go into the city every year. I had family in the city. So we would all kind of meet up, go see a Broadway show. Um, And so I was just like collecting playbills. And that was like my hobby. And um, when it was time to apply to colleges, I decided I wanted to study musical theater. And I wasn't the best student. And I was also kind of a procrastinator. Oh, can relate. Yeah. I think it's common in creative uh, fields that that you kind of have to keep yourself, you know. In yeah, I I took my senior year so that I could go to to a state school. I took my sophomore English class that I had not gotten a good grade in, junior English class, and senior. So I was in three English classes, making up yeah. D's, which yeah. I should not have gotten. Yeah, honestly, the only classes I ever did well in were English because I could fake my way through writing something that sounded good. Right. Or like join the conversation if you felt right. like. I'm like a really good like bullshitter when I like talk about or write about stuff. I can yeah. really like fill in the fancy words, <laughs> make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. And you like understand, I feel like a lot of artists like understand archetypes too. So you're yeah. able to like pull from like sort of wisdom that's out there. It's so oh, yeah. funny. It's because we, I think it's because we watch and consume so much media that like, I can, I can repeat what somebody has said, or I can talk in a way that, that sounds like somebody I've heard who's talking about it, who's an expert, right. but I never read the book. I never knew, <laughs> I never right. knew the context of anything. So funny. Just knew how to make it sound good. Yeah. Um, so I only, yeah, so I only got really decent grades and by decent, I mean like B's and 
sometimes A's in like English choir, anything musical, mm-hmm. except violin, I was terrible at. Um, but all my other subjects, I was like straight C's. And, and I was just like, my goal was to get a C because at least I was like passing, mm-hmm. C passing, I don't even remember. Yeah, it is. Uh, good enough. Yeah. Um, and so, so it came time to apply for colleges and I, my grades were mediocre and my enthusiasm about filling out applications was less than mediocre. Oh yeah. And I, um, I applied to a bunch of schools. I missed a lot of deadlines. Um, but the schools I did and I did end up getting auditions for, I went out, I did musical theater auditions and I didn't end up getting into any of the musical theater programs. Um, and so ultimately my choices were to go to Eastern Connecticut State University or to go to Pace University, which is in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hands down, no question. And I would have gotten into the theater program at Eastern Connecticut and I didn't get into the theater program at Pace. I defaulted and was just in like a general major. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of struggling with that decision because I was like, do I want to focus on studying theater and, and make you know that the priority or do I want to be in Manhattan? And like, there was no question I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I went to the school. I did like the basic, <laughs> I was actually starting the Challenge to Achieve program because my grades were so bad. Um, Great. And ultimately ended up in the honors program, which shows you how the education system makes no Of course. Sense. Yeah. Um, but I eventually, like the next year I auditioned for straight theater and for musical theater. I didn't get into musical theater again. So I, I defaulted to straight theater and that was my major. And it's awesome. I was in a similar boat. I did like, I was doing musical theater and then I just was like, this is, this feels so like cookie cutter in a weird way. And I ended up like falling in love with Shakespeare, but I think it's really common in, in people who, even people who are super musically talented, like yourself, it's like, it's especially for musical theater. I think the criteria can be a little bit like, and hopefully it's changing, but I feel like it was so a lot more cookie cutter in terms of what they were a hundred percent it was I think my vocal style was not fitting what their their idea of a musical theater singer is and and I also when I auditioned for the musical theater program the second time the reason that they told me I wasn't getting accepted is because there was somebody of my type in every year already um So, like, a plus-size brown-haired girl, white girl. Cool. Um, you know? And <laughs> yeah. so, ultimately, it worked out. I think yeah. uh, I'm probably better off, you know, where I ended up. And yeah. my theater education, I guess, helped me in, in the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were in New York for how long? I was in New York for four years while I was in school. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. And when did you start writing your own music and performing? Um, I started writing my own music when I was 14 and a freshman in high school. It's amazing. Um, I had asked my parents to get me a guitar and a friend of mine also was kind of like learning the guitar. So we kind of tried to play together and um, started writing some songs and, and I just kept writing from there. Um, 
I started performing probably around the same time. And so my evolution of, of my musical skill was very uh, public. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would do kind of um, some performances at my high school um, here and there. And then I started to kind of perform out more uh, in college. That's awesome. And I mean, you've talked about it a little bit already, but there, just like with so many artistic careers, there are so many highs and lows and we deal with rejection and recalibrating. What have you found uh, to be the most helpful for you in terms of dealing with the highs and lows of this path? Yeah, um, there definitely are highs and lows. There always are and there always will be. And I think... I've developed tools to figure out how to kind of mitigate that. Um, it's difficult no matter how many tools you have. I think it's something that you have to have a really strong um, foundation to be able to handle and you mm -hmm. have to have a really strong connection with yourself yeah. um, and a lot of confidence in yourself and not so much uh, confidence in the traditional sense, but just like the knowledge that you are still you regardless of what other people say or if people like you yeah um, and so I think for me as I've continued to kind of grow within the music industry um one of my tools obviously is well it's is is just talking to friends and my support system and um you know staying in touch with people who are going through the same struggles and who understand what happens in the music industry on yeah. on the creative end um and just um you know learning how to like have positive self-talk yeah. uh, which is really really difficult and has taken me a really long time to uh know how to do yeah um so just being kind to myself and knowing that what other people say about me or feel about me doesn't define who I actually am. Yeah, absolutely. And so tell me about your journey from New York to LA. Um, so I decided to leave New York after college. Um, it's a very difficult city to live in. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for eight years. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, you know. Um, yeah I, I would have loved to stay, but I just didn't have the finances to be able to live in the city. Absolutely. Um, and, and by the end of my time living there, I was just feeling very kind of claustrophobic as it can see, it can get. Um, mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time in your apartment. Yeah. And your apartment is definitely tiny. Ex yeah. I was just talking to a friend this morning about, um, cause she is still in New York, but luckily she's with family in Virginia now, but we were just talking about how difficult it must be for people who don't have the option to leave the city right now. Just, I mean, oh it's already claustrophobic as it is. And it feels like you live in a gray box in the winter yeah. slash early spring. And so to not even be able to really go outside comfortably must be, oh, my heart just goes out it's to everyone. Yeah. I keep thinking about that, how, how difficult it must be to just be kind of like trapped in such a small space. Yeah. 
it's 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 tough yeah and everything going on there I, I my heart is with new york for sure yeah um so i yeah so i decided to to leave new york at the end of school and go back home um and i i think i'm probably moved back with my parents for like a minute and then ultimately and then moved out um and I was just kind of living in Connecticut, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was working on music then, and I was performing, but the Connecticut music scene is so tiny. And the New York music scene was not, at the time, I think I didn't have connections to any commercial part of it. Right. Um, I know that there is commercial industry in New York, and it's, it's very limited, but it's there. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't know anyone and I wasn't really finding any doors, you know, opening for me in that regard. Um, and so I was living in Connecticut, working at Trader Joe's. And I love that. My favorite job to this day. Okay. Um, is it as nice as it seems? Cause everyone is so sweet and so friendly and I'm like, yeah, I feel it, like they're it, well taken care of. You know what? I really, I did not like the management at my store, but I think that happens. But yeah. the, I worked with and the customers that come in and just like the general like attitude being there is so nice and oh. like I just it was the most comfortable I felt in a job and I keep getting trying to get them to hire me back part-time but like, seriously if Trader Joe's hears this hire me um but yeah so I, I love that job and one day I was on that job and I got a phone call um from a producer at The Voice, and they said they'd seen one of my videos I posted on YouTube, and did I want to come to New York for a private audition? And wow. I had been, like, I had been applying to, to do the show, like, year after year, for a couple years that, at that time. Um, and so I was immediately, like, absolutely 100% yes. Yeah. Um, so I like ran around the store, told my, all my coworkers, I was like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> I need to go do this audition. Did it come at a time when you weren't expecting it too, especially after having applied for years? A hundred percent. I had no idea. I had not, I hadn't applied for that year. I had just, of course. it just it came out of the blue completely. And it was That's like amazing. shocking. And it was amazing. Cause like you don't, when, when you've been struggling for so many years to like, have any sense of like breaking into the industry and like, you know, doing something that has potential to, to actually build your career. Cause I feel like building a career is so non-linear. It's very much like you're kind of at a plateau for a long time until something kind of shoots you up a little bit. And then it's like these little, like kind of, um, you know, these like little bursts of yeah movement. Yeah, that's so much of what I'm interested in with this with this show is that I just feel like when you're on the outside or when you're young or when you're starting out, it it looks like everything is linear and it so isn't. So I'm I'm so interested in speaking with artists who are still very much building that and talking about what you're saying, the plateaus. Like it's not, you know, people have years long periods where things are just not working out, you know, yeah. and and how do we work through that, you know, and stay? 100%. And not think that that means that things are going down or have right. or that there's anything wrong with you or that you need right. to change anything or like, right. you know? Right. Totally. And, and I think that's so much of like 
why the industry is so difficult, but also kind of amazing because opportunities can come when you least expect them and they can come in forms that you never thought they would, but like they show up when you're- right, And no effort is wasted. Like you spent time making these YouTube videos probably for yourself, like, cause it felt yeah. good. And yeah. then lo and behold, someone sees it, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it was really, it was a really exciting, um, opportunity and it it was like the first kind of really real thing um so I was I was very stoked about that um and so I went to this private audition in New York um where you sing in front of their producers the the main casting person um and it was a really cool experience it was like a private studio in New York um you know, I was like very prepared. I like was, I have videos of like me practicing in the hotel room before with my mom, oh. um, which are great memories. Yeah. Uh, and then, and it kind of just went from there after the New York audition, they called a few weeks later and invited me to fly out to LA. Um, it was like a week long process that at that time we came out to LA, did more rounds of auditions and throughout the rounds of auditions, your people are getting cut and, um, you know, sent home. And so it's kind of very, uh, you don't know how secure everything yeah, is and it's, yeah. a, it's a weird process. Um, after that one week you fly back home, you're home for a few months and then you get a call saying whether you make it to the next round or not. Um, then they had me fly out to LA again. This time I lived in a hotel for a month, sequestered from everyone else. So you're basically in like kind of a, it's kind of like summer camp and they tell you to, to call it band camp anytime ask, any, anyone around you asks what's going on because it's very secretive. Oh my God, I love this. It's crazy. And like where, you know, like people are wanting to talk about it, but not want, but like not wanting to get in trouble. So like we want to talk about who the judges are, but you're not allowed to say. So they're using code words and talking about band camp and it's just this like, obviously really loud group of singers wandering around a hotel for a whole month yeah um and it's it's definitely a sight to see i'm sure for anyone else who was visiting yeah um and so and it was like i said it was basically summer camp and i got to know all these really amazing people yeah. who are still in my life right now some of my best friends um you know we all moved out here and yeah, uh, what a gift to have like a built-in community for when you do make that move to LA because yeah. I think that's something that's so tricky about LA, even harder than the East Coast, just finding your sort of tribe community of like-minded yeah, so artists. So much harder than the East Coast, I think, because people yeah. are so separated and yeah. kind of in their own bubble. Um, so I was very fortunate to have people that I knew and that I um, had close relationships with when I moved out here. Um, and so I'm, I'm super grateful that I had those connections from the show. Um, and basically after that, you know, long month of, of um, doing rounds of auditions, people getting cut, then it comes to like the final weeks and you're doing vocal, vocal lessons throughout the whole time. Um, they do wardrobe, hair and makeup, choreography. Uh, it's like a whole production. Wow. Um, and then... And then it comes to the last week and this is like the rounds of on screen auditions. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get a blind audition on TV. 
um, which I don't even know if you can find on the internet anymore because they don't have, like, they'll take down the videos from, from blind auditions, but, um, but that's another thing. And then some of my friends would get cut, like, right before going on stage. It's very, you know, kind of unknown. Everything is very unknown. Um, but I did my audition. It was terrifying and like strange and amazing and such a weird experience being on TV and being in front of four incredibly famous singers. Um, and unfortunately at the time I didn't get a chair turn, which was difficult having done all of that work the year prior getting to that point. Yeah. Uh, So it was, it was disappointing, but, um, I'm also grateful at this time because I feel like I met who I needed to meet and I, you know, had this incredible experience and thankfully I wasn't locked into any long contracts, which was a blessing. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, and then after that, I was back home for maybe a month and I decided I needed to move out to LA to, you know, keep the momentum going and, and, get my career moving and so me and a couple friends from the show like talked and decided we wanted to move to LA together and this is the apartment I've been living in since I moved here one of my roommates is still the same roommate I moved here with from the show um I love that yeah, I'm here <laughs> oh and so you've just released a single right that just this year yeah in February I released my first single it's so beautiful. I, as I said, I've listened to it a lot lately. Thank it's you so like, much. Your music is like totally my favorite style. Like, oh, I love that. Kind of, I don't know. It just feels like ethereal and magical, but still like, you know. Do you, ha- do you identify as playing a certain kind of music or no? It's, it's, it's interesting because for the longest time, I was just me and my guitar playing acoustic, folksy pop stuff. Yeah. And it never really felt right. And it never really felt like the music I was really wanting to play. But I didn't quite know how to move past that. Um, and, you know, about a year ago, I, uh, a little over a year ago, I met Danny, my attorney. Um, who introduced me to uh, some musicians in his circle, um, one of whom is Vanessa Wheeler um, on Instagram, if you want to look at her up. She's Vava and Vivo. She's amazing. Um, she's like a really crazy, talented uh, guitarist with this like very unique kind of Brazilian percussion style. Um, and we had met Danny introduced us. Um, We got along as people. We like, you know, bonded over being like Leos and, you know, being musicians. And um, we just got along personality wise. And then we had talked and realized that she had never done a co-write session before. And I was new into doing co-writes and new into kind of this new style of music I was working on. And so we decided we wanted to work together. We felt comfortable with each other. And we got together at her house. Um, We chatted and started playing music and writing. And at the end of that session, someday it was written. And it was just like, it was really magical and kind of just this amazing um, 
moment. Um, and I really loved the song. And uh, when it was came time to start planning releases, I was just like, that has to be the first one for sure. It feels right. Um, and so the style of the song and the style of the music that I'm making now is really influenced by her style of playing and by a, and another friend of hers, um, Francisco Ojeda, who produced the song. Um, his production style is very cool. We all collectively really love um, like Muna and Haim and that kind of style of music. And we were just like, that feels right. It's so good. I'm just like so excited for you and everything going yeah. forward. I I just it's it's good. It's magic, you know. It feels like Is that your first time really collaborating with someone? No, I mean I had um I had written with people before. When I started writing music, I was writing with with other people and I really like that's my favorite way to write. Yeah, um, I was going to ask that. Do you feel yeah. like I mean, you said Leo, so now I'm like, hey, are you, do you feel like, (laughs) I'm a Leo rising. I love, love Leos. Do you feel like you draw more inspiration and energy from time spent with yourself or time spent with others? I feel like I need both of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely think I, I lean on the side of extrovert as Mm -hmm. far as, um, you know, I love talking to people and I really love connecting with people and I feel like my human connections are like the most kind of inspiring and energizing um part of my life mm-hmm. um but as a sensitive creative person and a Leo who you know Leos are are sensitive um I do need that time to kind of process and and be by myself and write and feel my feelings and mm-hmm. you know go through all those motions um, as far as songwriting, I do love to write with other people. Um, I write by myself, but I, though I know how to play guitar and I play occasionally, I don't really love to, it's not my favorite, um, method of expression. Um, and so I tend to write just melody and lyrics off the top of my head and kind of just write things down and voice record and then kind of give that to the producer or musician friend and we kind of work out um, the instrumental or chords or whatever. Um, And so that's how I like to write alone. And I do do that kind of out of necessity of needing to, to express and and needing to, um, you know, keep working. Um, But I love getting in sessions with people and uh, talking about our feelings and having that kind of honest connection and figuring out how to make that poetic and how to make that, um, you put it into words in a way that's universal in a way that is profound, but simple. And like, it's such a, it's such an art and kind of a puzzle to, to, to do that and to translate feelings into music. Um, and when you meet people who you kind of connect with on that level it's kind of a really magical experience and that's like one of my favorite things in the world oh I love that what do you feel like what are some of your biggest inspirations what are you consuming most of the time to stay inspired in terms of music or books or any any other forms of um, art that keep you feeling juicy and excited? Yeah. Um, 
as far as my what I consume, I actually tend to be more a fan of of TV than I am of music. I love music, obviously, and I do listen to a lot of different artists. Um, but my number one way of kind of relaxing and and decompressing is watching TV shows. Um, yeah. I just love the format, and I love the the methods of storytelling and how kind of um, how many different art forms and styles and things you can kind of put all into one project. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really inspired by that and, and by the stories that are being told these days um, and how, how many different lives I can learn about through that. Yeah. And, and I think that's really inspiring for me. Um, and as far as music, I mean, I do love to kind of listen to what is like trending now and see like what is resonating with people. Um, recently I'm really into Laub's new album. Um, I love his writing style and his lyrics are incredible. So I've yeah. been listening to that on repeat. Um, and Camila Cabello. I'm like a big, big fan of her, her most recent album. Um, but yeah. And, and I think, I also just really get inspired by conversations with people and conversations in politics and in the social sphere. Um, you know, I think music has really kind of been a history book for, um, you know, what's gone on in, in society through the decades. And I feel like having the political conversation involved in music is such a huge necessity. Yeah. Um, and I am very politically interested and very socially involved. So I feel like that um, is also kind of like inspires what I, what I choose to write about. I love that. What are some of your favorite TV shows right now? I feel like everyone during this time of quarantine needs some good recommendations. Yeah, really. Um, I, well, I've been watching a lot of TV, obviously, recently, because that's one of the only things we can do right All now. All of us. The, that meme uh-huh. that's like, I finished Netflix, gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I have finished Netflix. I'm just restarting it. Um, but a show that I did restart that I've already watched and just finished again uh, was Atlanta. It's a great show. So good. Yeah. Um, so I, that's the most recent one I finished. I also just watched Unorthodox, which was incredible. You are the fifth person to recommend that to me in the past three days. So I think I know what I'm doing later. You definitely need to watch it. I hear the girl is like one of the most gorgeous actresses people have seen in a while in terms of skill. I mean, I know she's beautiful also, but yeah, Yeah. just. And and just the storytelling and the costumes and everything about it is so, because I mean, as a Jewish Did you watch the making of too? Of course. Yes, I did. Sorry. Um, And it was, and it was fascinating. And I feel like as, as a Jewish person, I've known about this community, like to a degree, like I kind of knew about it as like an idea and I might had heard my parents talking about it at times, but like to really see it and see the practices and the requirements and like what actually is expected of you as a woman in that society is so jarring and like it's just I think it's something everybody needs to see and learn about and it's so fascinating yeah Um, it really is I watched what was that documentary that they it was it called one of us yes I haven't seen that but I, I it's next on my list 
We watched that when we were um, about a year and a half ago. We were living in Williamsburg. So we were like right next to the community. And it was like, oh, you know, it's just so wild. And we there are so many communities like that throughout history. But it is, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, yeah. especially these ones where women are just no one and not protected yeah. and well yeah. i mean and it's and it's it's fascinating too because it's such a new like belief system it's it was based off of uh the fear after the holocaust, holocaust. and repopulating the those lost in the holocaust and like it fascinates me um when kind of these fringe groups build these ideologies based on something that's happened so recently um, because we think about religion and we think about religious practices and that how, you know, they're ancient and they've been happening forever. And so we kind of forgive them for that reason. But like, it makes you think about those ancient religious practices and how like they were new at one point and it, you know, just yeah. because something is ancient and something is tradition doesn't mean that it's acceptable and it doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't need examination. And I think right. that's really fascinating. It really is. And I feel like that's such a... It's something that I've just been thinking about so much, even in terms of just political ideology in this country. I feel like we're so divided for that reason because so many people don't want to examine these right. old practices, these old laws and things that are really sort of not serving anyone anymore. Right. There's this group of people that's white knuckling it. It's just, right. I think we're seeing it so clearly right now with the pandemic and, and the you know, the, the laws and rules we've had in place since this country was quote unquote founded. Yeah. Um, Born. Stolen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's just like, it's really eye opening to see in real time that things that have just been around forever don't necessarily work when you really need them to be working, you know, and that right. we really need to like reexamine what kind of goes like is swept under the rug most of the time exactly and and what's happening right now is the people who've had the most privilege are like and it's like yeah welcome well, to what it's like to every not have day yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're marginalized communities exactly yeah. the people that you stole the country from it's right it's wild it's wild yeah so okay so need to watch that need to watch that yes one. highly recommend yeah and then what about, do you have um, any books that you return to again and again that keep you inspired? I haven't been reading as much recently um, because my ability to focus is uh, non-existent mostly. Um, I do have a few favorites that I have been returning to and kind of um, rereading a, a little bit ago. Um, one of my favorites is, I mean, my favorite book of all time, Glass Castle mm. by Jack Walls. Um, and I recommend it to everyone all the time. Yeah. Um, another one I read recently that I really enjoyed, I actually have to look because I I had like a little stint of, of reading books back to back and then I uh, stopped reading because I lost focus. But um I think it's also like hard to focus in this <laughs> particular oh, time. We all need the thing that just like puts us in beta, like help, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely have been, I mean, it's been a mix of like, and I think as a creative person too, I'm getting off topic of the books I'm reading. No, but, it's fine. Um, 
but as a creative person, like your job is to tap into your emotions and to access your sensitive kind of vulnerability, um, like that side of you. And in times when your vulnerability is really being kind of poked and prodded and challenged, it's, it's a difficult balance to like, you know, be able to work and write and, and tap into that vulnerability without really getting lost in it and, you know, falling into depression and anxiety and things that can really overtake your productivity and yeah. an ability to kind of just like function and live. And, um, and I, and that's why I kind of watch a lot of TV and I think books are, are hard for me right now and in, in focusing because I feel like, you know, sometimes I just need to like let somebody else tell me the story Absolutely. Um, and, and kind of observe and, um, and so I can kind of balance that side of me that's really like tapping into my emotions and, um, and having kind of that open, I don't want to say wound, but sometimes it does feel that way. That's so beautiful that you touched on that. Something that's really common among a lot of my creative friends right now is this feeling of, I'm worried I'm not spending this time well, or I'm worried I'm not creating enough. I certainly, I had a big moment of this on, on Sunday and it was like, I just felt, I was really just confronted with my sadness of all of, of everything that's going on and, and grief and, um, and yeah, like what would you say, what advice would you give to creatives right now who are feeling like, either they should be doing more or they're having a hard time tapping into their creativity? Um, I mean, I've, have, I've been having the same experience. I yeah. think we're all kind of feeling differently about our process right now. Um, and, I, and I kind of have this kind of internal conversation uh, recently where I'm like, I'm not writing enough. I should be having all these feelings and I should write about all these feelings. And like, why is it feeling so difficult for me to, to put these, these feelings into words and put them on paper and kind of dissect them and understand them. And I think my number one thing that I keep telling myself is you need to respect yourself and respect your process and take mm -hmm. care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And because this is a this is a a time and a and a experience we've never had before, and it's scary and it's uncertain and it's heavy and I think we're probably all feeling a lot of emotions that maybe we have felt before and we have felt um, you know and we recognize but to feel them to this degree and all at the same time, it's, it's a lot to handle. And I think when you're feeling so much at one time, it can be really overwhelming. And I think kind of dissecting that and understanding it takes a long time and it, um, you know, it may not be something that you can turn into art so easily because I think that process takes processing. I yeah. think it takes time and it takes, um, you know, being able to reflect on it, to understand it. And we're so bombarded by the news and by 
updates of like how we're supposed to be living our lives and like how we're supposed to be keeping safe and what we're supposed to do and not do and all this stuff. And it's just like balancing all those things while also trying to be creative and have the space to be creative because you need space to be creative. You need, you know, time away from your feelings to, to give them room to kind of grow and evolve into something that is artistic. Yeah. Alchemize. Um, Yeah. So I think that giving yourself that time and space and recognizing that just because you're not, you know, inventing the newest invention or creating like the next, uh, masterpiece song or, you know, play or script or anything. I think like, we need to allow ourselves that space and that time to process and the creativity will come when it's time and when we're ready for that. Ugh, beautifully said. I needed to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So what are some things that this community can hold space for you for in the coming year? I know that things are so tricky. You know, I'm sure you've had probably some performances get canceled and things like that. But in terms of your dreams for you and your art and growth, uh, what are some things that we can hold space for you for? Um, I mean, I think I, I've been surprised and like so incredibly grateful for the success of the first single already. I could never in a million years have expected it to, you know, be at the place where it is right now. It's been, it's been pretty much exactly a month since the single came out and we were shocked to see it land on um, playlists. It, it like, it ended up on new music, Denmark, new music, Friday, Denmark. Um, and then from there kind of like spiraled and ended up on all these other playlists. And that really helped kind of push it, um, you know, further and and into more people's ears. And um, so I'm super grateful that that happened. And I think moving forward, I'm just really trying to continue creating and continue putting out content and um, connect with people. I think one of the biggest things that, and and the hardest things as an artist is to connect with people in a way that feels genuine to you and feels, um, you know, like you're contributing to their life in some way and they're doing the same and to not get get lost in, uh, you know, the numbers and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, like if, as far as how, folks can hold space for my, my music. I mean, follow me on Instagram, connect with me, message me. I really love talking to people and I love, um, you know, hearing other people's stories about their creative journey and, um, and just stay updated with what I'm, what I'm putting out and what I'm working on and listen to the songs on Spotify. I have a new single coming out in uh, May 7th. So I'm really excited about I'm that. I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I feel like I've just like been planning all these, these songs to come out. And, you know, obviously we have our release plan and we're releasing about every three months. And so that, that the time in between the releases gets me really like amped up and excited yeah. to, to get moving. So that's so exciting. Yeah. Well, do you want to do some fun rapid fire? 
I would love to. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Let's go. What city would you like to visit next when this is all over? Uh, Paris. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite scent? Um, I really like men's Old Spice deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you drink coffee? I love coffee. How do you take your coffee? It depends on my mood. Um, usually oat milk and maybe sweetener, but probably not. Yeah, same. Yeah. What are some of your favorite hidden gems in LA? Um, recently, I've been going hiking in like the forest, LA National Forest. Um, we went to Sturdivant Falls. I actually shot my music video there. Um, which you can check out on my YouTube channel Sunday by Jackie Lipson music video. Um, but it's stunning and like the views of the mountains are like breathtaking and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who do you feel like is your biggest cheerleader? My mom, hundred percent always has yeah. been, always will be. She's like, she like the pride that I can see on her face anytime anything good or mediocre happens in my life or music career or anything. She's like so proud of her kids and her family and just like she's like the best ever. Ugh. Do you have a spirit animal? Um, I my cat. <laughs> I was really excited when I read that your that your cat was your life partner, and I was like, I I'm "Such a cat lady! I'm obsessed with mine." She was just here. She snuck away, but she's actually she's sleeping under my blanket right here. Oh, hi, kitten! Yeah, I know, kitties. Oh, so good. Do you have a favorite um, venue to play out here? Uh. Actually, so I I played Hotel Cafe a few times, and I think that's, like, a really great venue, and um, they treat artists really well. Uh, but I played a house show at a friend's house in Silver Lake, and it's my new favorite thing ever. I think house shows are the best way to play your music, to get people out, like, to connect. It's so intimate and, like really really comfy and just like such a nice setting to present music i would love to go to something like that i think some of my most memorable experience like theater experiences in new york was there was this company that rented out a loft and they would just like do these shows and they would feed you and like more like round table salon kind of feeling ways of presenting art where you can have a meaningful connection especially you know I can relate to what you said about um, really wanting to connect with people and that's, I, I feed off of that so much. So that's, that's so cool. Yeah. I'll do a house show and everyone's welcome. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Do you have a favorite flower? Um, I really love pink lilies. My mom grows them. Ugh. That's so nice. And I have a tattoo of one. It was my first tattoo. Or not my first tattoo, but it was one of the... Oh my God, your tattoos are gorgeous. Thank you. I always love color. I also love color. I regretted getting color tattoos for a while because I think there's such a like... 
there's like so much thought that people put into like, do I want all black and white? Do I want all one style? And I was just kind of like, I like like a watercolor feeling, but like then my next tattoo, I like this black and white thing. And like this next one is going to be different. So I kind of just have like, whatever. Came yeah. To my time. If you could go back and tell your adolescent self anything, what would it be? Um, things get clearer as you get older and you are perfect just the way you are. Yeah. Ugh. Do you have a favorite thing to cook? Um, I really like uh, making like Mexican food. That's my favorite thing to cook so good i wish i liked cooking jewish food more because i love eating it but as a vegan it's very difficult to make a lot of jewish dishes so i leave that i know mexican and asian are so easy to do plant-based yeah super flavorful and yeah yeah a lot of vegetables very Mm -hmm. um you can kind of just like throw things together and season them well and and yeah yeah do you have a favorite vegan restaurant here in la I have so many. Um, Tell me. Tell me all. My favorite favorite is Crossroads, hands down. Food is incredible every single time. Um, But the one I go to the most often is uh, Doomies, which is like like greasy vegan diner food. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You got to have space for that too. You got to have space for the fake fake Uh, things that taste like the real things. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite tree? Favorite tree? Um, I really love, I mean, I've always had like a fascination with sequoia trees because they're so giant and mm-hmm. I've never seen one in person, but mm-hmm. I would like them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite dessert? All of them? Is that <laughs> An acceptable answer. Hey. <laughs> my husband was making fun of me last night because he's like, you literally have a second stomach for dessert. He's like, oh, you're full? Yeah. <laughs> but, but the cheesecake sounds good. So funny. Oh, man. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm dying to know. Oh, do you have a song that always cheers you up? Um... Hmm. I mean, there are so many songs that cheer me up. Tell me. Um, I was just, I actually just, I found a TikTok that reminded me of this song by Temper Trap, Sweet Disposition. I love that song. It's such a good song. And I I heard it in a salon once and I was like, what is this song? It's it's so beautiful. so good. The build. That kind of like ambiance and like the very like, I love stuff that's kind of like, very slow and like vibrational and like really melodic and like that kind of music really like calms my soul. Yeah. Connect with it a lot. If you could go back in time and watch any live show, what would, whose would it be? Um, I feel like Celine Dion in like color of my love era. So good. It was like my first cassette tape that I ever owned and I'm obsessed with her and I would love to, I mean, I'd love to see her live now, but like that 
that period was gold. I she's so amazing and I love that now she's having like such a like memeable moment because she's just she's, she's having a resurgence she's one fact, of those people who's like pure like pure like their reactions yeah. are pure like and that's why we all love it so much is because yeah. she just like vibrates you know like if if she 100%. feels some type of way about something you see all of it, it all registers it's so exciting yeah. she's a queen she really is legacy do you have something that you like to wear every time you perform? Um, my performance fashion has been an evolution. I mm -hmm. used to feel like I had to kind of dress up and like be extra and it didn't always feel kind of like comfy. Yeah. So these days I'm really into um, like a, I'm like, wearing this sweatsuit i'm planning to wear this in my next show when i, I do love show. it i've been admiring it this whole time i'm like what is this it's so gorgeous target. um target is my number one like shopping. the taupe it's so chic it's so chic i love it oh. um so like things that are like comfy that i feel really comfortable moving in mm -hmm. i love like a chunky boot and like mm -hmm. a blazer um things that just like make me feel powerful and comfortable and um, and you got to have a good, like gold hoop earring. Always. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How do you want people who spend time with you to feel? Um, comfortable. I want people to feel welcome and just, you know, like they can be themselves. Yeah. And what kind of stories do you think need to be told right now? Musical or otherwise? Um, I mean, I think that we're doing a much better job than ha we have in the past now of telling stories of, of marginalized communities, the queer community, um, people of color, indigenous folks. Um, I think we need to continue telling the stories of, of communities that are struggling and that need, um, people to know where they are and who they are and how they can connect with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And final question, what's something that you think all creatives listening need to hear? It's usually something you need to hear yourself. Um, I think one thing that all creatives need to hear and to know is we're all, we're all trying to, to do this and we're all trying to do it to the best of our ability and none of us are better than the other and we all should look to each other for support and for guidance and um you know trust in your fellow creative people because they they understand you and they i think it can be intimidating but if you you know reach out to people you'll find that there's more in common than than you think absolutely where can everybody find you and follow along on your journey? Uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at listen to Jackie Lipson. Um, you'll find all my links there. Um, if you go to the link in my bio, my Spotify is there. You can listen to my first single. And then the second single, again, is coming out May 7th. Um, and I'll be doing some promo for that coming up. Um, 
but yeah, my Instagram is a, a good way to find most of my, my social media stuff. You can also go to JackieLipson.com, which also has all the, all the stuff. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed talking to you and thank you for sharing your journey and so much creative wisdom. It was everything I needed to hear today. So I know it's going to make some other people feel really, really great. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm so excited. Of course. I can't wait till May. I can't wait. I'm stoked. Have the best day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Blank Page Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the show, rate, review, and if you have a friend you think might benefit from these conversations, let them know about it. Spread the word. Let's create a community where we lift each other up, support each other through the shitty times, and celebrate each other's wins. Please let me know if there's any way that I can support you in your journey. Thanks so much for listening and have a beautiful day.